G is for grandmother. You have to, his mother said. Zack didn't want to. His grandmother looked so helpless there, atop the mangled debris of the forest's floor. The blood had started to dry now. Earlier it had been rushing down the sides of her face. Her eyes were, thankfully, closed. They were such a pretty green. He fell to his knees, feeling like he was going to vomit. I can't, Zack croaked. I did, his mother said. So did she. It's just tradition, honey. His grandmother had been bound by Zack's hands. She'd felt so old and fragile beneath his fingers as he worked. He'd been the one who brought her down, too. He'd hunted her all throughout the thick pine forests behind her house. He had no choice. Next to her bleeding visage was a knife. It was the same ceremonial knife she'd almost driven through his heart not minutes ago. She'd cornered him, and had she not slipped on the leaf litter below, he would probably be dead. In his hand, clenched tightly still, was the rock he'd used to take her down. He had taken advantage of his good fortune to bring the rock down upon her brittle skull. He had won. Now the spoils were his. The honor was his. How? Zack asked. It isn't nearly as hard as it seems, she said compassionately, especially if you could know how proud she is right now. She looks so... Zack started. Yes, his mother knelt beside him. Her smile was sincere. But you've proven yourself worthy to be called her blood today, just as one day one of your children will prove to me and your grandchildren will prove to you. His mother stood back up. She watched him as she had watched him throughout it all. Besides, she said, she thought this would never happen. All three of your siblings before failed. So enjoy it, Zack. You never liked them anyways. His siblings had been dead for years. Not one of them lived past 13. But Zack would. He dropped the rock. Shamefully, he allowed his mandibles to emerge from within his mouth. It felt wrong. It was as if he'd suddenly become naked in front of his mother. He turned from her, but she placed her hand on his neck. It caused a reassuring chill to course through his skin. It felt good. His grandmother was still breathing as he bit into her neck. She smiled. H is for Hunter. The buck collapsed. He was pleased with a clean shot. It was perfect, through and through. Leaves crunched as he approached. The noise caused the buck to struggle. It writhed and it moaned in seemingly complete misery. It was only when he got close and he raised his rifle that the hunter noticed it wasn't the buck struggling. There was something struggling to get out of the buck. Beneath the fur, something massive thrusted, and through the wound crawled skeletal phalanges. The hunter dropped his gun as the skeleton emerged from within the deer's warm flesh. It stood, and it watched the hunter flee with empty sockets. It gave him a head start. I is for Into the Hatch. The following excerpts are from an oral account of the events that transpired during the spring of 1977, involving the disappearance of Chuck Shaw near Bow, New Hampshire. Witness is Robert Athens. Well, why did we make him go in? We were all, what, 10, 11? Of course we bullied him into it. Chuck was a runt. He was the runt. Of course we made him go in. There was a short period of time where we started to really get worried, you know? It was just, well, it just looked like a, a bomb shelter. 
The door, rusty door, was sticking up out of the ground like a tree root. There should have been one room, but within, I don't, I don't know, ten minutes, we couldn't even hear Chuck anymore. Where the, where the hell did he go, you know? I think he shocked all of us when he screamed. Oh yeah, he screamed louder than anyone I've ever heard. Bloody murder. And then he came out of there like a bolt of lightning. I think he even pounced on Ben like a wild tiger, ferocious. But then he started bawling. I don't think he ever would have let go of Ben had Frank and Pete not pulled him apart. He was real silent after that, whole way home. It took about a week before he started to talk again. Personally, I don't think he could talk. I think he screamed the voice right out of his throat. Even then, he still wouldn't tell us what he saw for another month. Even then, he really only told Ben. I still don't think I believe it all. See, you have to understand, Chuck was pretty imaginative. We all were. That's why we were too scared to go into the woods to begin with. Yeah, I think it took us a whole month of consistent prodding before that boy ever told us the thing. I think he made half of it up just to make us stop. Rambling was more the word. He rambled about this giant, uh, what did he call it, a factory? I think that's what he said. Like a slaughterhouse. That's the word he used. Underground. Massive, he said. Acres wide and deep. Impossible, right? He was very stingy with me after that. I think it's because I pushed harder than Ben, and I think Chuck blamed me for everything. Honestly, have you contacted Ben, Ben Huckins? He was closer with Chuck. I still think he has a few morsels left to pull. Anything else? Well, I know Chuck disappeared on the 21st, I think. He was getting real weird the week before. Paranoid. His parents were real worried. I've never seen any 10-year-old act as freakishly as he did. He went missing on a Wednesday. Of course, Ben did too, but the difference is they found Ben. He was in the woods, wandering around. He claimed he knew nothing. They tell you that? Did Ben tell me anything? Yeah, Ben told me a little, and I told all of it to you. I think he knows far more than he's ever let on, though. Every bit of it was crazier than anything our little Chuck ever said, though. Those woods will drive you crazy. You should talk to Ben.